1: Hello and welcome to the HBO Boys podcast. Today we are talking about Succession, Season 4, Episode 1, entitled The Monsters. You are here with your boys, Ryan, and friend of the show, Justin, who will be joining us on this Succession-based journey within its last and final season. I'm glad that you're here, Justin, to talk about this show. Fuck off okay and that's on <laughs> brand i suppose i'm channeling my and inner logan roy you know I'm feeling, yeah. I'm feeling myself yeah maybe are you as lonely as he is oh, or as, just as, just as so violently and oppressively lonely uh yeah this we have not talked about succession on this show prior which is mainly because nobody else has been watching it james or adam Or Chad. And so I put it out for the fourth season that I needed someone to join me on this because one, I couldn't keep going without talking about what I think is the best show on television, especially because it's at the 9 p.m. spot on HBO, which is our bread and butter. Uh, And two, because... Although there is no two, it was all those reasons, <laughs> and I was glad to, that you said yes. I know you've been watching it live the whole time, right? Or did you get into it late? No, we got into it uh late, yeah. So, did you uh binge like one or two episodes straight? Or, oh, I mean, not episodes, goodness. but seasons? Okay, yeah, I was gonna say episodes, definitely not seasons for sure. So, yeah, succession is uh it's a show that manages to make people talking on the phone and attending meetings interesting. Obviously, that's happening on a grand scale here. This is a very large corporation run by a family who on a constant basis do not like each other, it seems, or at the very least have ulterior motives. But it is as I said, the final season, Jesse Armstrong, its creator and Mark Mylod, the director have once again graced us with this show's presence. And every year that this show happens, or at least every year that it has a season, uh, it seems to win the Emmy for best drama, uh, except for its first season, which it lost to Game of Thrones season eight. That's a absolute tragedy. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it seems odd, right? Yeah. A I season think... that is generally lambasted by everybody.
0: And I think it's one of those things where, like, especially when it comes to the award shows, it's almost like, okay, we knew that the eighth season of Game of Thrones was going to be its conclusion, so they were kind of, you know, alley ooping those awards to them. But that the, the first season of the show, in particular, as a whole, was. That You could put that
1: directly up against even Game of Thrones at its peak <laughs> and right. at least can like competed. Exactly. I mean, most of the se- there are only three seasons prior to this. Obviously, They're this is the fourth one, and it seems as though they are taking the path of stopping before it gets old uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Seinfeld method of going out on top. But yeah, no giving awards to shows just because it's their last season feels a bit disingenuous especially when like it's a perfect example of game of Thrones season eight which i think is better than most people give it credit for but Come it doesn't on. mean that it's as good as seasons one through four or five even six like they, it's obviously worse than those ones everyone I, I don't think there's someone out there saying that it was better than the beginning of the show at all and for the emmys to be like well you get one for participating like no it's not a participation (laughs) trophy
0: i mean for for season eight of game of thrones in particular i think any award is essentially a participation trophy because i again aside from like uh you know the battle of winterfell was probably a high point in the entire season and uh, in the entire show, cause that battle was great. But even that being said, it's just outside of that episode and those bombastic battle sequences, there's really not much, uh, yeah. not much, not much good going
1: on. <laughs> Fucking bombastic battles. I love that alliteration so much. And oh, even yeah. that battle though, people come out at it super hard because it was dark as shit. Yeah. It's the, the it's night. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. I, I appreciate that commentary. It, it is nighttime. Ryan, so... It is night, and therefore dark. You know what? You got me. I got got. Recently, so we just finished The Last of Us podcast, and uh, our boy Adam asked me at the end of that if he thought that The Last of Us would get uh, best drama for its first season, and my immediate answer was, no, absolutely not. Succession has... uh, It wins almost every time, and also, it's its last season. I... If... The Last of Us was not a perfect show, but it was obviously, it was great. I'm going to, I guess I ask you your feelings on the subject, but even if it was a perfect show, I still don't think it would win Best Drama against Succession's last season that we haven't even seen yet.
0: Yeah, I, and it's impossible for The Last of Us as a show to have done it, but uh, especially being it's like kind of first season, they don't really know what the reaction is going to be like. They, who would have ever guessed, especially when it comes to, you know, closet dwelling, neckbeard gamer people that, you know, they'd latch onto a show adaptation of their video game so hard. But uh, I, I kept feeling the, the wish during the entire season of just like, I, you know, I wish they took their time. I wish this is like the first game, quote unquote, literally even, could have been one to two seasons. At that, And you could really like ruminate and, and sit with the characters and the events longer. But I hope they do that with the second season. I thought it was spectacular. Uh, what it did from someone who played all the games first, multiple times, big fan, um, was it made me very confused. Because going into the show, I was so, I was very confident that um, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson were going to be the best version of Joel and Ellie. And that this was going to be a kind of like, you know, Pedro's goaded, Bella's goaded, but it was going to be a lesser version. But what I found is that I ended up liking. I, I'm, I'm still I'm still even trying to think about it because like they did such a good job that they came right up to the game characters. And at some portion portions of the show, it was almost like I liked Joel better in the show. And then another episode would come out and be like, wow, like Bella did this you know sequence better than the game and stuff like that. So like that's like the biggest praise I can give it.
1: Yeah, it feels as though their performances didn't have to be mutually exclusive, right. right? Like they could both live in a space where they were both great. Which going into it, it was something where with how kind of
0: volatile that fan base had been, especially after the second game, it was like they really had to be Joel and Ellie, Pedro and Bella had to be like the absolute best of anything ever, or else it was going to be considered awful. Um, And I think they just they totally knocked it out of the park more so than I think anyone could have ever predicted.
1: And you also brought up the main criticism of the show, though, which was they packed too much into too little time. They also have announced that season two is going to be uh, only half of the first or second game. That is Uh, so elongating it, hopefully surpassing that uh, major criticism of it. And even with all of that, it is still so, so good and still going to lose to Succession. I
0: would, and judging by the first episode of the fourth season, it would be. Uh, it's it's so tough because I am terrified now. Thank you, Game of Thrones season eight, for giving me this like complex that like secession coming up into its last season is so good that I am. You don't just want them like, to jump the shark. I just feel like I I can see. I guess I can see where the story is going, and I see where they're. Maybe gonna end it and there could be a nice little twist at the end. That'd be great. And they wrap it with a bone, they complete it. They just have to land the plane. And for like all these shows that have reached these highs, like Game of Thrones and all this other stuff, even The Last of Us is another fear that they might go down a round base uh road based off of the second game that they, you know, ruffle some feathers with. It's just like, how do you land the plane and just let it be the four seasons of succession? They get their awards, and if they can wrap it with a bow and complete it, it's gonna be like definitely one of HBO's better. Series,
1: yeah, it does suck that there's that overarching fear that the best version of escapism that is entertainment can get to the end of it. Something that has been a warm blanket for so long, <laughs> it still like instills this n- never ending fear in you that th- I they just they can't. There's what percentage chance is there that they don't fuck this up because. Uh, for some reason i'm just so afraid that they're going to do so and game of thrones did do that to us it's game of thrones's fault
0: correct it's it, it's unquestionable at this point that they uh they put this into our
1: brains we yeah. can't, and we how can't even enjoy they? things now right Fuck yeah <laughs> they, they ruin my life they ruin my life and hopefully succession though can somehow pull me out of that void uh we will now get into the uh first episode uh, of the fourth season entitled The Monsters, uh, which was I, it was it was actually said in the show by Logan Roy. The Someone Monsters a, a TV show uh, d- discussing slash focusing in on a family full of monsters, uh, which I think is apt. That's an apt description of of the Roy family. I concur. And as we come into the fourth season, we are an indeterminate amount of time away from the end of the third season. Uh, And after being cut out of Gojo's acquisition of uh, Waystar Royco, the siblings are sort of now off on their own and completely severed from Logan and his dealings, except monetarily, right? They still have shares in Waystar Royco, so they will get money and a large amount of money uh, from this acquisition. And that money will be used to secure their futures in any way they see fit, which perhaps is a bad thing because based on this episode, they shouldn't be allowed to make their own decision. They're all so stupid. <laughs> they're so dumb. They say and do dumb things. I think they're
0: this episode in particular... I I can't even really put my finger on. They've been shown to be just like completely idiotic throughout, especially with like a concept of money and what it takes to earn a certain amount of money. They just, they don't have, they don't possess that
1: concept. I attribute it to like a gamer who's on tilt. (laughs) <laughs> right like you're you're never gonna be uh performing your best when you are acting and making decisions uh mainly based on emotions and vengeance rather than just you know making the best decision for the next moment uh with using context clues they're not doing that right, right they're, they're they just ha- spam queuing ranked and just de ranking yeah, exactly. the entire time <laughs> They they have what seems like a decent idea in this new media brand that they want to do the hundred, uh, which Kendall describes as a company with the ethos of a nonprofit with the roadmap to large margins, which means nothing. nothing. Because Absolutely, because nothing. it's nothing. <laughs> I talk about this all the time. I hate corporate jargon so much. And this show does a very good job of distilling what corporate jargon is down to its core, which is stupid as shit. The dumbest on earth or
0: and and or like explicit digs towards one another, like completely veiled in like corporate niceties.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those are my favorite. I don't think ends in revenue a lot of the time, right? Doesn't doesn't do that. Uh, and the 100 seemed like a decent idea, though. It was a, an idea to do the news in a slightly different way, which uh, th- that idea not being chosen, which is coming up here, will perhaps prove itself uh, to be a bad idea. Roman <laughs> claims that it was Shiv's idea, mostly, which is fun because in this episode, Logan literally says that she's never had an original idea in her entire life. Oof. To Tom. <laughs> You're right uh yes uh just continually digging at his perhaps soon-to-be ex-wife uh and, and like i said the gojo deal uh it, you know selling waystar Royko to gojo slash uh its leader lucas Matson, who's played by alexander skarsgård of the skarsgård family uh kind of the low-key like Premier family in Hollywood at this point, as they uh, all of them simultaneously keep getting these, like, uh, not only character roles, but lead roles as well. I mean, th- another one of his brothers is it, for God's right. sakes. Yeah, no, their last name is just going to
0: be like, I. It's gold at this point. Having the last name Scarsgard, you just can walk into any audition and <laughs> yeah. Be and, like, okay, like, okay, and um oh, Scarsgard, so you got it. Here you, you got, got it. <laughs> it.
1: You got it, baby. But you guys want your leader? No, no, no. Nah, nope. Uh, uh-uh. uh. We read You'd your name <laughs> in the middle of this room, and I'd be like, "That's a great shit. You're yeah, in." He would be a great soldier in this <laughs> World War II movie. <laughs> yeah, he takes a mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that deal needs to happen for the siblings to get their money, the money that they are throwing around uh, a lot this episode and is not real until Logan actually makes the deal, which is a problem because Logan has made vindictive choices in the past as well towards his children. In fact, the end of season three was exactly that. And so we don't know if this deal is actually going to go through. Uh, and now that Logan has incentive to have it not go through the chances of it not going going through are, are are raising slowly but surely because you know he knows that the siblings are dealing with monopoly money at this point and it's two days from being real and he has the hand on the trigger to make that happen one of my favorite parts about this show justin is that it shows how much people at the top don't know what they're doing yeah they're they're just uh,
0: I, again it's it, there there's a whole like conceptual idea of how that happens but i you if you're smart you're like affluent to a point but i feel like you just have to be a certain level of stupid to be this stupid rich that's why they call it stupid rich
1: <laughs> right like there there's this idea especially if you work at a large corporation that the you're hoping that the people behind closed doors are making decisions that will like you know one keep your job and two be good long term for the business But I think this show illustrates very nicely that a lot of it is fake it till you make it. A lot of it is the large sweeping decisions that affect people's lives that are filled with more ego and greed and a complete divorce from reality rather than contextual. Like, again, it's like how how much are every room in America that uh, is full of sea level people? just on tilt gamers taking shits in the (laughs) middle of the rooms and calling it gold. Like (laughs) just just
0: spamming that Q next button going, oh,
1: that that idea didn't work out. Oh,
0: we we had to fire 500 people. Nope, GG, go next.
1: (laughs) This family in particular just keeps falling into money. Tom says at some point in this episode, he's never seen Logan Roy get fucked. And it stands to reason that In his day, he was and perhaps still is a man who has the gumption and the know how to be wildly successful. He, from the ground up, built something and whether time has passed him by is yet to be seen, Uh, but also whether his kids have the same aptitude to finally make their own decisions with their own money that is being in this instance handed to them by Logan. Uh, is also up in the air and based on this episode the answer is nah right yeah yeah definitely uh definitely no yeah they just seem like uh, losers who keep failing upwards which is is not that's not the team i'd want to be on And, and we'll talk about which uh one of these siblings abandoned ship first but it seems as though like there's going to probably be a defector or two in this season running away from bad ideas or perhaps just running away back into the clutches of a what seems like a better idea from their father. Uh, and as a quick side note, there's a one-off line in these first scenes, which seems to have thrown the character Marcia, uh, Logan's wife, to the wind for this season. Like, she's off somewhere shopping forever. And yeah. I don't know if that's just to tell the audience, like, yeah, no, she's not around... Uh, we're not going to explain why she's not around, but she's gone. And I'm not sure, again, if if that means that she's never going to show up again or that when she does show up, it will be like a bombshell. But I don't know. If she entered a scene like s- episode five or six, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's Marcia. Like, I don't Yeah, she's back no finally. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, and she, her whole character, even throughout all the other seasons, were just kind of like a she was just always like a limb of Logan and would give like a one or two line, especially to Shiv. Cause she just hates Shiv with everything Young. in her whole body, but she never really was pulling any strings or her, her character char- character wasn't, didn't seem all that important. Although she got her son, I think, no, was it her nephew into the business way, way back when that was like the only yeah. like move power right. move that she ever pulled. So her absence is, Is not missed.
1: No, it's not. I mean, she was just always there as a gatekeeper, and it seems as though they don't need that gatekeeper for this season to move forward anymore. And if they try to be like, Marcia off the fucking top ropes, uh, hoping that the audience cares, I don't think they will.
0: Yeah, unless it's something massive, but I feel like even in that sense, it's the final season. This need, like, the story has to come to a conclusion, and I feel like some kind of top rope, Marcia, you know, power slam
1: is. Not what I'm
0: hoping. <laughs> well, listen, unless
1: it's like a top rope stabbing of Logan Roy, like unless she fucking like murders literal somebody, stabbing, like absolute capital murder. <laughs> then even with that, like I would be kind of disappointed because oh, right. a side character kind of uh has that big of a moment in the season four. Anyway, the the point is. She's gone, and uh, Shiv, around this time, gets a call from Tom, from whom she is now on trial separation with because of, you know, the recent betrayal, (laughs) and Tom says that he just met with Naomi Pierce, and at this moment, and by the way, I don't know, Tom, the amount that he tells Shiv, uh, it's hard to tell at any given moment how much of it is strategic rather than an overstep because he still loves her and that balance uh being hard to track is good television i would argue yeah i'm on, I'm on the camp of he is a hundred
0: percent scheming especially at this point i feel like he's just like a uh like a battered man, <laughs> so to yeah. speak. And he's just doing whatever he can to attempt to hurt her. And then when she is hurt, you can, like you said, it's just like that constant back and forth where he's scheming, 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 and then something is successful. And then you can see like
1: a moment of softness and he's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. He feels bad. Right. It is at this moment that the siblings realize that Logan is again attempting to buy PGM. And both Kendall and Shiv are immediately in favor of abandoning the hundred to launch a rival bid, which Roman is initially apprehensive about. Uh, and he um, suggests that these two people, his siblings, are driven by vendettas against Logan and Tom, respectively. Uh, and which is why this is a bad idea. And that's a pretty good argument that is completely ignored by them because. Uh, of the aforementioned vendettas. Uh, So they are kind of going into this completely veiled and throwing away the perhaps good idea for buying a dinosaur of a company for a shitload of money and trying to fuck over their father, which doesn't seem like the best business decision, but it is the one that they make nonetheless. My
0: favorite part of Roman's
1: character arc is... The
0: increasingly more adept, uh, right? He, like, he he will he will say something so fucking stupid as shit, yeah. and then he'll follow that up with like a genuine, a genuinely good piece of advice, and then the siblings will just look and be like, uh, "Yeah, wait, fuck the, that, that's stupid, that's dumb." He's like, "Oh, okay, I'll go, guess go fuck right. myself." <laughs> like, I tried. How do, how did we get to the point where? where Roman is the voice of reason in the room. Right. That's just fucking exactly.
1: absurd. That's that's a dark pit to be within. <laughs> so, and yeah. gonna, it's going to be hard to get out of. Uh, Logan, meanwhile, is in New York and is celebrating his birthday at home, 48 hours away now from completing the Gojo acquisition. Cousin Greg comes in hot <laughs> in the season premiere, bringing an uninvited or, well, unvetted rando named Bridget to his uncle's birthday party, Uh, he describes her as a firecracker and crunchy peanut butter, (laughs) (laughs) who at one point sneaks off with him to have, quote, a bit of a rummage, which is a Tom quote in his pants. And uh, Tom then, when hearing this, starts to mess with Greg. Uh, He's one of two disgusting brothers, as they call themselves, uh, saying, like, there's CCTV in here, man. Logan <laughs> checks it every night. He's going to see that. You're so boned. And then immediately following it with, you got to tell him. You got, you should tell him. You got to tell him. <laughs> it seems as though Tom is, he doesn't know, but he seems as though he's just messing with Greg, which is great. Do that. Mess with Greg. Yeah, Greg, Greg, from the get go,
0: he was just like the, obviously the common or uh, comic relief. But he is, I don't, know, I don't know if it's a writing or just his actor. That guy is so fucking good at
1: being awkward. It's insane. Yes. And also, you know, Tom has been sort of grooming him to be more like Tom over time. Right. And the more and more he becomes like Tom, which is kind of shady and vindictive. Manipulative. Making moves. The more and more Tom's like, oh, well, I don't like this one bit. <laughs> Greg's pal keeps posting pictures from the party on social media. She asks Logan for a selfie. And Tom points out that she has a ludicrously capacious bag, which is a great line. Uh, He says, what even is in there? Flat shoes for the subway? Her lunch pail? (laughs) Which, the show is just so... The dialogue is, I think, the best on television. agree uh, that line being a good example of it. Lunch pale too. the pale yeah. portion of that
0: just makes it so like like working
1: class. <laughs> you could take it camping. you could slide it across the floor after a bank
0: job. It could drop off of uh, you know, eighty stories while you're building one of the New York City skyscrapers in the whatever year that was.
1: <laughs> yeah, some year and kill somebody right. So, Colin indicates to Greg that he needs to eject her. And, uh, Greg responds, not standing up for her, but by saying, I don't want to see what happens in Guantanamo. Do your <laughs> ways and God be willing, <laughs> which is great. He's just willing to, uh, cast someone to the side at a moment's notice if it will get him in, um, Logan's better graces.
0: Yeah. I love the, uh, the conversation they're having, too, when he pulled him out of the room to have, to have the conversation about her having to be removed from the party is like he they got like halfway down the stairs and he's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to be a, a part of it. A part of this. Uh,
1: you go right ahead, buddy. I'm going to go back upstairs. See you later. Like. Right. You do that. And no, thank you. Goodbye. Connor is also here. He's the only child of Logan's present, and he points out that his presidential campaign is currently polling at 1%. Connor's such a piece of shit, and I love him.
0: Dude, uh, he his whole character is a perfect representation of just the sheer amount of fuck you money that these people are dealing with, especially when in comparison, um uh, what is his soon-to-be-wife's name i can't recall willa. It right now. willa him and willa are like a perfect uh, dynamic and like a a centerpiece for the show because like his the conversation over the hundred million extra he would have to put in to remain at the one percent where he's just like you know i'm really thinking about it and she's like well you, will you still be rich if you spend 100 million he's like oh yeah no that's not deal. it's
1: good that she has her priorities straight. true true respect and then that leads to the conversation where he's like, listen, I know you wanted to have this very specific kind of wedding, but how about we don't do that? And we get a rapper and a brass band and we get married under the Statue of Liberty. And uh, we add some razzmatazz. He uses that term a bunch. And Will is like, I, I mean, OK. <laughs> she was she was resistant, especially with the
0: I've always in. Or, or, she said, I always envisioned myself having like a normal wedding or something like that.
1: And he's just like, ah, razzmatazz. And she's like, yeah, "Eh, right. right." This ain't no normal family. Okay. (laughs) If you wanted a normal wedding, you should be somewhere else. And (laughs) I want him to be president, please. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's enough time in this season to get to that point, but man. And how do you get from 1% to 51%? But like, I want him to be president. Not of us. No, 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 no. But of them. A million percent. (laughs) A hundred million percent. He's always a hundred million percent. That's very correct. Uh, And it's because that he's always been sort of a a sideline character uh, and less important to the story than the three other Roys. And for him to have like an arc this season where he becomes the most powerful man (laughs) on earth would just be like... I don't know how that happens and what amount of uh, suspension of disbelief has to occur for it to happen. But I want it to happen so bad. I'm sorry, dude. It's not going to happen. Well, shoot. Tom then goes and talks to Logan and he says, listen, uh, I'm getting a divorce probably. So am I going to still be good with you? And Logan gives him back. If we're good, we're good, which means nothing. (laughs) It means less than nothing, actually. That's like the worst thing you could be given. And at this point, Logan is fed up with the party and leaves to get dinner with his bodyguard, Colin. And at this dinner, he begins to ruminate about his mortality specifically and the uh, the possibility of an afterlife or lack thereof. And I think this was my favorite scene of this episode uh, because we have Logan... Now very alone, without his children, or at least without the children he cares about. And he is with Colin, a man who works for him, and says, like, you're my pal, right? You're my buddy. That guy's like, uh, sh- khakis? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess. As sure, long as you keep buddy. signing that paycheck, I'm, I'm your buddy. Do whatever you want and i just love how that illustrates how lonely logan is in this world now how boxed out of his own family he has made himself by pushing them away granted they suck right yeah, yeah, and like yeah. he has he's justified uh, to some degree for doing so But it is good to see, like, a human side of him where this is affecting him negatively. He's not just an emotionless monster, although he does use the fact that he can, like, transform into an emotionless monster at any given moment uh, for his benefit. But he does feel things in his body.
0: Yeah, and you can almost tell uh, throughout this as well that it's, the his kids suck ass. Like the most ass in the entire world, but like he is like, I am their father, so therefore they are a reflection of him. So he's like mm-hmm. also trying to get them to be more business savvy and get them to be like not the dumbest pieces of shit in the face of the earth. <laughs> At the end of the day, he got like sick of it, and now he's
1: like sitting with his decision, like, God damn it, what have I done? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he also loves them, right? Which and he hates that he loves them, and it's that inner conflict that fuels almost every decision he's making at this point. Especially with uh, him knocking on death's door, as we might recall at the beginning of season one, he had a a health scare. That was a lot of what season one was about. And that has not gone away. He is still not in the best health, which is why he's thinking about death so much. And in a space where he loves his children and he's thinking about death and his children are uh, against him 100% at this moment, he is conflicted by doing what he's always done, which is try to win the game, rather than uh, doing what he's never done, which is strengthen The relationships that he actually cares about and doesn't want to admit to himself that he cares about around him. This all leads to a bidding war where Logan and co are on the phone with Nan uh, about selling their, again, dinosaur of a media company while the siblings are sitting there live. They go back and forth. They're trying to outbid each other. Nan is pretending like this is all so terrible. But she's (laughs) definitely just playing both sides and getting them to raise their bids over and over again. So she is not acting emotionally and getting the better of both parties. Which is crazy. Especially from,
0: you know, like later in the prior season two and her throughout the entire show has just been kind of like that. Like I always attribute uh, her organization to like an NPR type, like historical, like really accredited, quote unquote or whatever. But uh, she's always played like a grandmotherly figure and so kind and oh we'll figure things out and then this that whole the whole sequence of the bidding war between there like the nanosecond they mentioned the headache when they first arrived i was like is this is gonna be good this is a payoff for that character for sure. yes
1: yes she is smart as a whip and yep. she is playing all of them like a fiddle And, again, within this time, Roman says something to the effect of, I'm the only one that wants to set up a business as a business. And, you know, don't want to fuck anyone. So, for the second time in this episode, he gives a piece of advice that I think is a solid one and is, once again, uh, completely rejected uh, by Shiv and by Kendall. And... During this negotiation, is also a time in which Logan starts asking the people around him to roast him, which was wholly uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, Greg. oh, Greg. Yeah, Greg's so dumb, but I like him so much. He comes back and says, So, uh, well, you know, where are your kids? What, uh, um, where are all your kids? What was on your birthday? Frank's Frank,
0: Frank was like, uh, he's oh, Logan, uh, he's, uh, he's a tough nut. <laughs> like, Logan's face was just like, you
1: fucking idiot, <laughs> you moron. <laughs> yeah, and then Greg comes too hard rather than not hard at all. All right, and I think this just shows how much Logan misses Roman being around him. Yep, because Roman wouldn't give him a hundred percent at all times, but also Roman can't help but be himself. So it's just, uh, it is Logan trying to fill a void and no one around him even coming close to doing so. And this all ends with the siblings going to $10 billion, which Nan cannot refuse and accepts forcing Logan to concede, at which time Logan and co. call the siblings, and Logan says, good job, you said the bigger number, and then hangs up on them after calling them morons, which is, again, apt. It's exactly what just happened. She played us, and you said the bigger number at the end of it, and I couldn't keep playing this game, and I won't, because at some point, even as emotionally compromised as I am, I understand when I'm getting fucked, and I will not be fucked. And these kids are... These kids are getting fucked. Yes, they are. Even in the middle of this scene. Actually, my favorite line happens uh, right before Nan says yes to 10 billion, which is Roman goes, I mean, nine. But what comes after nine? Is it like nine (laughs) B? That got an actual laugh out of me. It wasn't like a like a like a fast exhale out of my nose uh, my my throat decided to make laughing noises <laughs> which happens very rarely it's got to reach point.
0: a certain level of comedy to actually make the throat make the laughing noise rather than right. just pushing air out of your nostrils
1: <laughs> i'm just so jaded at this point <laughs> right. that it's right. crazy when it happens uh, there was like a moment in uh, season three of ozark that made me say oh my god out loud and i was like god it's just those moments seldom happen anymore uh it's the same exact thing as uh laughing at television shows it does seldom happen because i've watched so much at this point uh i'm so lucky enough to be watched so much (laughs) at this point
0: you know you you are sounding like a real piece of shit right now
1: (laughs) i'm a real piece of shit i'm a real piece of shit that's how that goes So all of that happens, and at the end of it, Shiv returns to her New York apartment to retrieve her clothes, and is surprised to see Tom there. And they are emotionally distant from each other, but Tom still wants to have the conversation about what happened and what went wrong. Shiv does not want to have that conversation. She just says, let's call it a day, okay? Get out of this as painlessly as possible, and... Tom agrees, but is obviously sad about it. I will also point out Tom earlier in this episode, they showed uh, his left hand a lot of times yep. and he was not wearing his ring, but is now wearing his ring in this uh, part of the episode where he was obviously sleeping before she walked in and woke him up. So it would stand to reason that he wore his ring to bed. That's some sadness. That There's is, sad on it. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I am,
0: I'm conflicted because of how much shit, that Shiv put him through in particular, I I'm erring on the side that Tom is being a vindictive fuck right now. Like he doesn't wear the ring at all during this, you know, however many scenes, however many places we went to during the beginning of the episode. And then on the off chance that she might show up, he puts the ring on before bed to make it look like he's, he's, Mm. he's he's making an image for her. Yeah. um, So that I, I don't know. I don't know what his motive is, but there's just like a part of me. That's like this guy this guy's he's he's hardened this, this guy's learned yeah. something
1: <laughs> it, it's hard for anyone to for any character in this show uh for the audience to believe that they are genuine i think this is the closest that uh the audience might have gotten to thinking that somebody was actually making a decision based on like their actual feelings rather than trying to win a game Uh, And then at the end of it, they both lay down sort of not facing each other and Tom puts out his hand to hold shivs and she agrees to do so. And this scene was really, really good. It was, Mm. I think, perfectly written. It was pitch perfect. I think the largest criticism of this episode and of this show is that some people just think it's boring. And that nothing happens and it's just a bunch of people using big words and a bunch of people uh, trying to rip each other down uh, like rich, affluent assholes being mean to each other. I can see that, but the kind of caveat
0: is... uh and I, I I felt it at first, but I, I guess I've talked myself into semi-understanding what they they might be trying to to accomplish with it. But it seems like there's no consequence. So anything that's happening, all this backstabbing, never really gets like none of the family is ever affected. So it, it, like you compare that to other shows where you know cast members are going in and out these big payoffs are happening and someone's dying like all this other stuff this is very much a show about how no matter how hard you can fuck somebody over when you're in this like bracket of wealth. It just is like we've been saying, GG, go next. Like it's no big deal. Yes. Like, company, uh, company of a thousand people goes under, you know, those people essentially are the consequences that are happening, but it's not seen because it's like so hyper focused on the family in general, which right. I don't It's I don't not know.
1: the family's consequences. They feel none
0: of it. They feel nothing. And I think that's like part of what they're trying to do, but I, I totally get the aspect of it being like, oh, things are just happening. People are saying big words and nothing of substance really happens,
1: but. And Game of Thrones also did this, right? Where there was never a show where actions led to consequences more than that show. Right. Like any moment of hubris usually in Game of Thrones leads to death or losing the game in such a way that death would be more preferable to what happens. So... Uh, You get to this show where we're dealing with the top 1%, uh, a white family who has never had anything wrong happen to them ever, it seems. Uh, Like, you know, Kendall in the first season killed a guy. And he's not in jail. (laughs) Right. Right. So it would stand to reason, though, that... And it's been reported uh, that there is a twist this season. We're not sure if that's actually going to happen, but but multiple people have reported that there's going to be a twist. And I would have to assume that the the version of that twist would have to be just real world consequences for actions finally, right? Right. And that's that's
0: also another thing, too. That when we were discussing uh, the Game of Thrones syndrome, uh, that we're terrified of shows ever ending because they might end poorly. Uh, another thing that it did that's more prevalent and obvious is similar to the consequence conversation that we're having here is that all of these things in Game of Thrones, if someone messed up one little bit, they were completely dead out of the show so when mm. we go to move on to another piece of media we're expecting that same consequence and again it's just not like one of those the worlds are are so different especially with this like top one percent family type deal that it just it, it can't have those same consequences
1: because this is such like a grand like Quote, unquote grounded like realistic show right it's based in reality I, right. I just watched um dope sick about the sackler family who owned purdue pharma yep. and basically by themselves created the opioid epidemic and killed i don't even know how many people still are oxy cotton still <laughs> are killing people and none of them went to jail right right so like th- this is we're living uh or at least while we're watching this show we do have to remember like Yeah, gigantic consequences are not going to happen very often because they are completely insulated from it because they are rich and they are white and they are American. And that's what capitalism is. Congratulations. We did it. We all did it. (laughs) So if there is a twist, it has to be something that is an oh shit moment. A I say oh my God out loud kind of thing happening. In a show where that is really not what has been promised to us. And in a show, by the way, that I still think is the best on television. And I don't think that promise has to be made to me. I'm not here for oh shit moments. I'm here for amazing dialogue. I'm here for people being mean to each other. And that show obviously isn't for everyone. But to me, it's it's if the West Wing was mean all the time. And that to me is, oh, okay, that's perfect. Modern day West Wing. So uh, we then reach the end of the episode where Logan is watching his own news channel and doesn't like what's happening on the screen. But unlike every old other person on Earth, he gets to have a say in that. So he calls somebody and it's like, this is shit. Fire that man. End of story. Uh, and he hangs up. But again, he is doing this when he's alone completely. My first, uh, my first thought when
0: watching that in particular was uh, that anyone over the age of 60 would give anything in their life to be able to do that that yes. whole thing right then and there because that is essentially yes. what 60 plus facebook is it's just people exactly. complaining about the
1: news to have that ability to make that phone call
0: i i can i can just envision the room right now of the audiences <laughs> watching this episode on sunday and those people just going oh fuck yeah
1: dude let's go <laughs> yeah. oh that is just paradise for them <laughs> right so we reached the end of the episode. Some notes I picked up along the way. Uh, one is that Frank, Jerry, and Carl seem to be also taking a back seat, not like the uh, Mauricia back seat of perhaps not being there at all. <laughs> and they had some lines here or there but this seems as though they are focused in on the family and those three characters who have had large uh, portions of the show in seasons past don't seem like they're going to be around all that much i think
0: their faces will be there and they'll be like in the rooms just so that it's not exclusive to the family but um uh what is their face uh, jerry will be there to make sure that uh Roman gets off when he needs yes. to still for sure. Right.
1: I hope they get married <laughs> Me too. at the end. The I hope couple. they get married at uh, Connor's inauguration. <laughs> oh my god. That's the twist. Yeah. Sarah Snook also in an interview said to someone somewhere uh, that episode four has a 30 minute scene that was done in one shot, which is I wow. I'm now so sad I have to wait for that. Just as like a film nerd. Yeah. That's amazing, and I want it very badly. They um, they had
0: uh, they had something probably closer to maybe five to ten, but this still pretty impressive nonetheless. When um, might have been season one or two, I can't remember, but they were in uh, they were in Logan's house, and there was a party happening, and they kind of were dancing around, introducing who was there, whose face is there, setting up for the scene to come. And I remember specific any any long form one shot scenes like after it gets past like. 45 seconds to a minute, I'm always just like
1: Leonardo DiCaprio meme, like pointing at the TV like, oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, oh they're doing it. It's they're doing it's it. it. It's and as I said earlier, there is a reported twist in this season. Uh, I'm going to read you the, uh, the things that the internet are guessing. And you tell me if you uh, like them or not. The first one is not so much like it wouldn't be the actual feels like the twist but oscar isaac was at the premiere as a guest quote unquote uh and it's not been announced whether or not he's in the show but he says he was just a guest uh and that's not a twist but he was really cagey about it so oscar isaac maybe being in the final season is i don't know that'd be fine i get i mean what at this point
0: uh, another buyer comes in to play what what what's the point point? we have our care we have what we need we have the protein so to speak
1: yeah Another one is that maybe Connor actually becomes president, which we've discussed at length. <laughs> stop. Here, you, you, the- you wrote that, didn't you? Show me the Reddit posts. I, well, yeah, it was, I made an anonymous. It's your name. It's his name. It's his account. Yeah. You have I made stop. a throwaway account to say it because I just want to kind of manifest that into reality. If I can, <laughs> um, a, other one is that, uh, uh, Maurizio comes back and kills Logan or someone kills Lo- Logan. Maybe Kendall does it, it, The, the idea is that there's a murder. Do you mm. want there to be a murder? I do not at all. Yeah. Whatsoever. Me either. It just doesn't feel like that's what the show. It's not what I want from this show, as I've said previously. Like There's already I, been a
0: murder, and we've gotten right. past that. So Kendall murdered a young uh, little busboy. So yeah, we're right. good. We're good on the murder
1: portion another idea is that Tom has been undercover for the FBI since the hearings. Love that. Love that one. That would be good. I uh, want that as well. Another one is that Tom and Shiv are pregnant or that Shiv gets pregnant from, uh, somebody who perhaps isn't Tom, uh, in either way that would throw a wrench in and I'm here for all possible wrenches. True. I'm not so much here for all possible murders. (laughs) And the last one that I saw was that Greg's grandfather, Ewan, dies, which would facilitate Greg getting a board seat, possibly, and his rise to power. And I kind of feel the same way about that as I do Connor's uh, possible presidency, which is I want it to happen real bad. I don't want for anything IRL and in the show more
0: than... Greg being like the final episode of it, just like everything Gojo, all of it that's up up for grabs right now, just becoming a
1: hundred percent his. <laughs> like, yes. For him to be, I want it to be that at the end he succeeds and everybody else fails. And you can go back to season one and kind of see the yep. bumbling character of Greg in a completely different light. Yep. Like in the instance where, he has known that he's playing a game the entire time and then actually wins the game. Like comes out, completely drops the awkwardness and is just like, I played you the entire... (laughs) It was me the whole time. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. so (laughs) That I do want. I do want. Uh, So badly. So yeah, that is the first episode of Succession. What is, if you had just to give a, like a, a one to two sentence review of the episode, what would it be?
0: I feel... Like they are. First off, I'm happy that we are. We know that this is going to be the final season, and I can't Mm -hmm. applaud them enough for not taking the route of just, "Oh, you want more seasons because the show's successful? Sure thing, we'll lost it." You know what I mean? Like they they have they have their story. They know what they're going to tell, and I think that my review of the episode would be specifically that this feels like we've now shifted into fourth gear being the fourth season but the final you know you you feel the final gear settling in this uh, should be the final fight because again people call it boring or whatever but the last four seasons have kind of just been in and out of, okay, this is now the problem. Logan does this, resolves it. These guys are fucked. Next up is this problem. They go into this problem. Okay, so-and-so does this. Backstab here. This guy gets power. Boom. This is the new settlement. And so on and so forth. So it's kind of been repetitive in that Nature, So it, it's good to finally feel like the writers are on board, the actors are on board, and everything's just kind of really focusing into this final act.
1: Yeah, I think what we've sort of been beating around is that this show is really great, even though within the game that's been happening for three season now, the stakes have been relatively low. Right. Because it's a family that, again, we said before, is allergic to consequences. And it feels as though that fourth gear that you're talking about within this fourth season is that as the game progresses and as it reaches a point where it's almost to its end, the the stakes will rise uh, slowly but surely to a point where you're like, oh, my God, like failure is imminent. I don't know whose failure is imminent, but I just whoever doesn't come out on top here could be a life and death situation. And even if it's not, could be like an ego life and death situation, which is good enough for me.
0: Right. Especially considering the personalities that we've been following for four
1: seasons here. (laughs) So again, I, I love this show. Uh, I am so glad that it's back. And, if you are following along with us, the HBO boys, then uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash HBOBOYZ. For a dollar a month, you get bonus content. We do uh, a banter on a weekly basis. That, so you get like a free podcast every week for a dollar a month. That seems like a pretty good deal. Uh, you'd be losing money if you didn't buy it. Exactly. You'd be negative money. <laughs> Thank you to our patrons, Jamie Lochner, James Watch My Dong, Chris Wood, Brinken, Craig, John Jurz, Major Woody, and Carolyn Dreas. Uh you can come back here. I think this show is probably gonna be out Thursdays or Fridays, like m- later in the week. Uh the Ted Lasso show is happening actively, and that will be out weekly. I'm gonna be doing a Perry Mason show, uh, pretty much like when we get to the middle of that season. Uh Perry Mason, by the way, Justin, is very good. And take if you're watching it. it, you should. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, also, I'll be releasing a epi- or season one retrospective on Severance here coming up. So there's a bunch of shit that's about to happen. Uh, and again, Justin, uh, thank you very, very much. I really appreciate you being on this uh, first episode with me and uh, for the rest of the season, joining me here to discuss season four of Succession. It, it was... My pleasure. No, oh, I was really hoping you would tell me to fuck myself.
0: Ah, uh, I really missed the opportunity to have a show related response there. Yep, that's uh maybe next episode. Fuck you, dude. Fuck off. <laughs>